How many times while you have been manscaping have you nicked or nearly trimmed off your wiener schnitzel in the twins? Hey, I'm Christy, and with 30 years experience teaching men how to thin out their forest in their yonder region, I am so excited to tell you about this revolutionary Lawn Mower 3.0. The ceramic blades prevent the manscaping accidents that leave you unable to use your most favorite appendage. Oh, and gentlemen, it also keeps a 90-minute charge. For those of you that haven't trimmed in quite a while, you'll need every second of that 90 minutes. Let's be real though, no one, especially your significant other, wants to have to weed through your overgrown forest to find their favorite play toy. So order now at manscaped.com and enter the promo code PODCAST20 and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Serious, bushy man. Order now. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage podcast, where we discuss and debate the latest news and hot takes from the court in the ball fields to the locker room and front office. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those oversized contracts, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Hey, welcome everybody back to another Sports Talk Garage podcast. This is one of your normal hosts, Matt, along with David. Uh, and this is season two, episode 34. Uh, we have a special guest tonight with Aver, who is a our specialist for live streaming, because we're going to continue on a little bit following up to last week with eSports. Um, we carried on from NASCAR, but uh, before we get started, David, how's it going? Man, it's been a good week now on week four from working at home, kind of getting into a groove here, so it's really good. And I'm excited with all the different esports on TV and streaming that's coming on with lack of actual sports to watch. I'm getting more involved in that. It's been a lot of fun just seeing different things on television recently. Absolutely. So without further ado, Aver. Hey, guys. How's it going, my man? It's going well, man. It's going well. It's uh, It's been interesting to see some of this stuff play out and how the industry's changing, especially with all the goings on. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, unfortunately, esports has been hurt by all this, too. But at the same time, it's been kind of primed and poised. You know, this is, uh, I mean, we live in this space. This is what we do, you know, um, in terms of being virtual and remote and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Sweet. Um, so, you know, with everything going on with work from home, uh, you know, guys, we wanted to cover a little bit further into this on where everything's going. But uh, Aver, tell us a little bit, of, a little bit about yourself. I know. And for all those obviously who don't know him, this is his handle. Uh, I believe it's at. It's uh, uh, so, so on Twitch. I'm I underscore am underscore Aver, A-V-E-R. And I know it's a little bit of a mouthful, but hey, Aver by itself was taken. What can you do sometimes, right? <laughs> and sometimes you want to keep the handle that you've had for a long time. But yeah, so I've been longtime avid gamer since being very young. I'm 35 now. Uh, I've been streaming uh, consistently, not full-time, but streaming very consistently for a little over a year now and been into it uh, since before Twitch was Twitch when it was Justin.tv. So that was about 2011, I think. Oh my God. Yeah, I've been involved in it in one way or another for quite some time now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, that's what I am. And, and as far as what I do, I stream, I, I would say I'm a variety streamer. I do stream a lot of Destiny 2 and shooters and stuff like that, but I kind of play whatever I want. But the main goal behind what I do is to help people. Uh, if they want to accomplish a thing that requires a group or something like that. So I like to help them uh, build community, have a place where people can hang out, have fun, have a good time. But, but yeah, I just try to foster that. And that's what I do. And I ran into Aver because I was playing some destiny myself and uh, we kind of linked up a few times and we've, we've, we've known each other a long time, but I've linked up with him since he's been on Twitch. So um, we're really excited to have him on tonight. So without further ado, let's drop the green flag and kind of head into the conversation. So we we talked really quickly. And again, following up to last week, uh, COVID-19, and we hope everybody's staying healthy out there. But 
it's had a big effect on on game development so far. So as we've talked about kind of the work from home, stay at home, you know, kids are taking classes from home. You know, let's talk a little bit about how this has really kind of transitioned and what this means to the industry. Sure. I mean, as far as what all the game studios honestly are doing a lot of the same things where a lot of that development work is shifting to home. Uh, and it's, it's been a little bit of adjustment for most of the folks that I've spoken to that are, you know, in that industry, as far as esports, it's had an impact there too. Um, you know, a lot of events, a lot of events have been, have been canceled. You know, Overwatch league is going online only. The Pokemon championship series is canceled for 2020. Uh, combo breakers call off, which is a huge fighting game, uh, community championship, right? So, uh, there's, there's a lot of impact to, to those tournaments and those championships that are, that are, you know, in a stadium or, you know, actually at a place physically. Uh, but there's been this healthy kind of, I guess, growth, if you want to say it that way, um, for playing at home. So they still have a lot of tournaments and championships with prize money, you know, bracket, whether it's double elimination or whatever the, the case may be, but they just play at home and it's pretty cool. So is there, is there a big problem? Cause I know when you're in a physical location, they can kind of land party, which, you know, to any listeners aren't aware, we're talking about networking everybody in together on the same kind of tether through hub. Um, but that that's all like instant reaction because they're all using the same computers and they all have the same kind of build out. So speeds there when we're working from home, you've got some T1 internet, which is some super high speed. You've got some or like fiber uh, now or normal what ethernet fiber. So I guess, what does that look like with people that are having to play from home? Are you seeing a whole lot of problems with so uh, without getting overly technical sometimes, but not really. Um, and I'll explain what I mean. So, so there's a common misconception that with gaming, you actually need a, a, like a, a lot of bandwidth in your internet connection, which is actually not the case. You don't need a ton of speed. You just need good latency. So you can have a 20 MIP line, which anybody that games is going to know what I'm talking about, but which is not a lot. And it will work just fine for gaming, provided the latency is good. Now, there's some other techno wizardry and tricks they can do um, for like cheat detection and stuff like that. You know, for playing these tournaments, whether they have dedicated servers for the tournament that the that that kind of gets into corporate sponsorship. But sometimes, you know, those tournaments will be sponsored corporately and have dedicated servers for those tournaments and they'll be run that way. So you connect to it. And sometimes they do that with VPN to, for security on the network. There's different things there, but, but in a word, yes and no, it depends. Networking's complicated sometimes. So it would depend on, on your environment. Right. Um, but yeah, it still, We've come a long way, especially being 2020. It's not like it was 10 years ago. It's it's a lot more reliable these days, a lot more reliable. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, so I guess also, since we're talking about dedicated servers and, you know, I kind of mentioned everybody's kind of got their own home setup, right? I mean, everything from last week when we talked to these guys uh, about NASCAR, you know, some of the guys like Dale Earnhardt Jr. really put some money mm -hmm. into some of these rigs. So from your experience, because you've got a pretty nice setup from the pictures you've shared, I mean, what does that look like? Because let's be honest, like we, we've kind of fiddled around my system before over the internet and, you know, I have an old system. It works. So what does that look like when we talk about, uh, I believe the keyword peripherals, is what, peripherals? Yeah. Well, per peripherals being like keyboard and mouse. I'm, I'm sorry, David, were you going to say something? My bad. No, you're good. Yeah, so Don't like worry. peripherals are a thing. I think, you know, it's it's a bigger discussion, right? It's like in racing where there's rules for the cars, right? And, and different series of racing, they have, you know, um, some flexibility there, some not so much, but it's – the intention is to make it competitive, right? Um, 
you know, I won't, mm-hmm. not really, unfortunately or fortunately, not really either way, but it's just, it, it's new enough at this point that there hasn't been enough cycles to refine some of that with the playing at home. Um, I won't say that a super fast computer will trump skill. It won't. But if skill is equal in things that are Twitch-based like shooters, like if you're playing CSGO, Counter-Strike Go or something like that, um, the computer that's faster that gives you more frames does give you an advantage. It just does. So when so when you're talking about those differences, if somebody were to drop 1500 bucks on a system compared to the guy who's going to drop five grand, is there enough of a difference here that somebody's going to want to spend the extra money to make up for you know, small little differences? I, you know, at the end of the day, no. Um, I think the guy that's spending okay. five grand, a lot of that money is spent uh, either in higher resolution displays or, um, you know, just stuff that would aid him in streaming or content creation and not so much in making the games run faster. Um, okay. at the, and there's been... I don't know if you guys have ever seen Linus Tech Tips, but there's been a lot of different testing done over the years where having pros play side-by-side on different refresh rates. So basically the computer able to run higher and higher uh, frame rates. And they the pros can see some difference, but in, in the, the testing, it just basically comes down to sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's not 100%, right? Um, it does give you an edge. There is some concern there. Most of the people that are playing professionally do have some sort of sponsorship or something like that anyway. So it's less of a concern um, when it comes to the computer itself, although it can in the grassroots scene. Um, The bigger thing is like peripherals and stuff like that and trying to detect, you know, scripts running in the background, like cheat detection, which most guys, most of them, aside from some things that have happened in Fortnite recently, most guys have, have played pretty clean. Now, there's been some big, uh, highly publicized bans in the Fortnite world recently for people cheating in competition and whatnot. So, um, But yeah, I mean, it's kind of the Wild West. You know, th- That stuff is developing. They're creating some rule sets around it. Honestly, as long as everybody's using industry standard off-the-shelf peripherals and nothing custom, you don't really have a huge issue there. So you guys said the wild west, you know, as long as there's any form of competition, there's going to be cheating in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't blame them. I mean, some of these prize pet pools are like literally millions of dollars. If you can slide one under the rug one time. Hey, you know what? The payoff there. Yeah. So for these, well, they don't exactly have victory lane necessary, <laughs> you know, to sit them down and say, we're going to look through yeah. your vehicle. No. So let's talk about some of these players who might be new. And then there's the guys who do this full time, have sponsorships. How do people go from their system at home to becoming a professional gamer? You know, not everybody wants to be the professional athlete. What about those who want to be a pro at a certain game or create content for others to see? Can you talk about that? Sure. So it's pretty interesting now. Um, You know, I know when we were growing up, you know, we'd look at at professional basketball players or football players and, and a lot of people our age, you know, aspired to that. But, you know, we see, we see, um, I don't, you know, we see young men and young women now uh, that are 15, 16 years old and they, they want to go to college. They've got college degrees now around content creation and, and, streaming and all in production and all these types of things. So um, in terms of the journey there, uh, it actually, you'll hear countless stories of the way that different people got there, but very common. What we'll see is either somebody starts with like a basic computer or even a console and we'll stream off of that and, and really build more of the community around like personality. Um, uh, You can be very, very good at a game and build audience that way with little personality, but that's very rare. You know, a lot of times what you see is actually someone who has more personality and builds a, a, a social following that way and a community that way. And that's how they get uh, some of the notice. If they're reasonably skilled, they will start to get the notice from some of these teams because you can develop the skill. What you can't develop is people liking them. 
right? So, and so a lot of times that's what you see, and that's where some of these organizations come from. It used to be just esports teams, but these these are full blown organizations now where they have, you know, coaches, consultants, um, they have content creators and video editors on staff, where you can take all of your stream footage for the week, you know, send it to this guy that does your editing for you. Uh, he'll come up with like a, you know, either a gag reel if you're more of a funny streamer or you like a montage of like stream highlights for the month of April, right? And put it up on your YouTube and that funnels you more to your Twitch and grows your, so it's, it's kind of a, um, it's a momentum thing. It's a momentum thing. And these teams are looking at, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm... Sorry, you said montage. My brain's still just going back to the days when we were probably all in college with uh, Halo Chief. What was it? Halo yeah. Master Chief makes it's a true. montage. It's yeah. true, man. I mean, <laughs> the thing now is like they're still doing stuff like that, right? I mean, even the montages and in, in, in content, it's designed to build community like that. So it is funny. It's it's a display of humor, but it's also a display of skill. But really, what all that stuff is designed for is to get people cheering from them for them, right? It's like you'll have grassroots tournaments now that are not even corporately sponsored with 50, 60, 70,000 people watching them. That's crazy. I like that you said those little gag reels or montage things like highlights of April or something. With today's youth in America <laughs> with such short attention spans, they're not going to sit there and watch hours and hours. But when you get the highlights there, it's good enough to draw them in and get them in. Oh, yeah. There's, really there's huge use yeah. of jump cuts and i mean you're talking five seven seconds at a time so it, it will keep you kind of laughing and, and engaged yeah. so for sure one thing you brought up a little while ago was prize money and it could be millions of dollars so let's talk about like low end to high end for somebody who's just maybe a local tournament to like the big tournaments that people have heard of what type of money is out there for yeah so it's interesting right because a lot of these guys that are doing this stuff full time, they have a diverse, a diverse uh, income. It's from several different streams. Um, so the, they obviously stream online. They've got their sub income from that, which the way Twitch does it by default, for example, it's $5 for a subscription to their channel, which gives you, it's not like a subscription for YouTube uh, where you just click the button. Uh, on, on Twitch, you actually subscribe and pay them per month. You can cancel at any time, but it gives you access to like emotes in their channel. You get a little badge by your name. Um, usually you have additional benefits. Like you can put links in the chat. Usually most people can't do that. It's kind of to make sure nobody's coming in and spamming the wrong kind of thing. Right. Um, but you know, they, they, what Twitch does is split that with you 50, 50. So if somebody subs to you $5, you get 250, Twitch takes 250, right? Now, some of these guys might have, let's just say, a thousand subs a month on average, right? So they they're gonna get 2,500 bucks from that. Um, then they may have some sponsorship or affiliate marketing deals, whether it's a PC company or a peripheral company, or even just having an Amazon affiliate link, right? Where people just they take a cut. Mm -hmm whoever uses their code and they might have several of those. Yeah. So they've got that income going. If they're on a team, that team may pay them a small salary uh, plus whatever they make from their winnings. Uh, and so I would say that varies drastically. You might have someone full time that's making 75, 78 K a year um, streaming full time, um, which is not, I mean, it's not bad, especially if you're young, you know, uh, and some of these guys are just on some next level stuff. I mean, some of these guys will have 10, 12,000 subscriptions a month plus, plus all their affiliate marketing deals, which are even bigger. Right. Plus if they are winning tournaments, they might be, they might be winning anywhere from 10 to 12 to 15 grand, which they do probably take a small, you know, their team probably takes a small cut. Right. But you know, it just goes to show, and that's the thing too. The tournaments, you know, it's it's not winner take all, not unless it's some sort of crazy invitational where that's the point, mm -hmm. right? But generally speaking, there's a pretty good prize for second and third place uh, as well. And then, like we mentioned, Fort Fortnite here recently, that championship, you know, the guy that won that bugger, he got three million dollars. So, and he's sixteen, Jeez. by the way. 
16. Well, he's set for yep, a little while exactly. with that. So for these for these people who aren't doing this full time, just kind of on the side, you know, a lot of people are talking about side hustles, and that's been a big word or past 10 years. If you're doing this, you're doing something you love and enjoy and making some money off of it at the same time. Yeah, I think it's important. Like if there's anybody out there listening that 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 wants to do this, I think the focus should be to have fun first. You know, it's not going to be something you're yeah, going to start definitely. and just make money on day one. That's not how it works. Um, most of the partners for Twitch you talk to, they, they've done it two, three years before they even are close to making partners. So it's not, um, it's not something that's just going to take off for you again, unless a, you are extremely funny. B you're like the best thing since sliced bread at that video game. Or like see a pretty good combination of those two things, like pretty skilled with a good personality. Because other than that, if you just play games and sit there, you can go make it right. Yeah, I I kind of have a weird thought. You know, I'm just thinking about this because I've I've been in part of your Twitch stuff. How uh, I guess how beneficial is it to you when you have a couple guys potentially be part of your cast on occasion? that have that sense of humor that kind of bring like the extra, you know, maybe that goofiness. Does that help oh, yeah. when you have other it's, viewers? It's usually helpful to have people in your corner that are there pretty consistent. That's like a really big deal. Um, the biggest thing about that is like, you got to cultivate that off stream so that they can kind of get a feel for when they need to lay off and let you interact with chat versus when they need to fill or whatever the case may be. But it's that's just one of the challenges of streaming. Um, you know, as far as like doing it professionally, you know, the, I, my hats are off to them. These guys do a lot. People will a lot of times say that playing video games is not a job. Let me give you like a small, you know, peek into what they're doing. They're running their own stream by themselves. So all the scene switches and everything um, in terms of like switching camera angles or the transitions between games when they do self-analysis, they're analyzing their own gameplay. They're commentating on what they're doing as they do it when they're playing. Um, They run all the production after the fact as well. And they're having to interact with chat live, talk to people um, stay entertaining, but still keep the gameplay at a high level. Like these guys are just juggling. If they were actually given a chance to play and not do any of that, a lot of them would just slay, but they don't get the opportunity to do that uh, all the time. So, Oh yeah. There's a lot going on for these guys, especially the ones that do it at a high level uh, and the demand for them, the pressure with just making the messaging right and not saying the wrong thing and, it's tough, especially when some of these guys are 17, 18 years old, streaming to thousands of people. Like, it's tough, you know. So do you do you ever kind of, whether it's you or other professionals you know, do you guys ever kind of like mix together in some of the games you play uh, on each other? Yeah, streams? so that's, a, that's another thing. Um, a lot of competitive folks, so it's big in the competitive scene. Um, I would say probably bigger than most, you know, like field, I got whatever you want to call it, field sports, not computer sports. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's really big in esports mm-hmm. to scrimmage, or what you they say scrim. They say let's play some scrims. You know, that's that's kind of the terminology, right? But what it is is they jump in a private lobby and they want to play against. It's a friendly thing for most of them. Rivalries do happen, but they're not super common. You know what I mean? Um, but they uh, they they mm-hmm. want to scrim or play against each other for the purpose of learning how to best their opponent. Because at very high level play, there's what we call um, trying to out meta your opponent. Um, so you, uh, if you if you guys are familiar with League of Legends, it's basically a game. It's a tower defense game. It's very, very complex. And when you pick a different, there's tons of different characters, right? It's one of the most watched games on Twitch of all time. Um, it's made by Riot. In fact, they're developing a new competitive shooter. But anyway, um, the point is 
there have been a lot of times where people have beat someone else by doing something that is super non-standard and considered weird because they're trying to throw their opponent. Like if you were playing in normal ladder on the regular servers to try to get a high rank or something, you would never do this. You would get slaughtered, right? But you're reading into it, like you're knowing your opponent, you have close relationships with these guys, so you kind of get a feel for what they're thinking, and you're like, oh, he's going to... He's picking this character because he's going to try to counterpick this, and so I'm going to build this way, which is totally weird and I would never do, but in this case it will work, right? So there's a lot of this stuff happening, and the commentating and the casting is getting really good where they're able to see this and call this now, so it's making it so exciting. It's why it's, it's a huge reason why the viewership is, is surging uh, with this stuff over the past couple of years. But used to be you had to know, right? You had to be intimately familiar with the game, but but this day, these days, it's there's a lot of insight, which is great. So it makes it very exciting. Cool. All right, guys, um, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break to thank our sponsors, let them get a little airtime. Um, so definitely stick with us, and we'll be right back. Hey, all right. Welcome back to the second half of the show, the Sports Talk Garage podcast. Again, we're in season two, episode 34, and we're on with our special guest, Aver. And if you missed the first half at all, we suggest you go back and re-listen because there's a lot of great content as we're talking about the development of esports uh, as a continuation of last week when we had a chance to talk a little bit with NASCAR. But um, with Again, with COVID-19 being such a uh, big close down of everybody being able to be out, we've been really grasping the idea of, of esports and, and gaming in general just really taking off here. Okay, so let's kind of move forward and talk a little bit about how the industry is growing at this point. I know we kind of mentioned a little bit, uh, Aver, is there anything further that you want to add to that with new professions maybe that are coming about? Yeah, it's actually really interesting because it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like an arms race, if you will, you know, like the first guy to do something new and really exciting with their branding or animated panels or an intro song or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, even with the, even with the professional teams, right. And having a logo and, and typeface picking out, like used to be these guys would just kind of pick it themselves or knew a guy or whatever, but there are professional agencies now popping up that they do this for esports and branding for streams. And they consult on all the settings so that the stream runs right and looks right. And that's what they do. It's specifically for that. They're not branding in like for everything, they do it only for content creation, right? Um, which includes social media and all that kind of stuff. But but the full-on companies with 20, 30 employees doing this stuff full-time and they're and doing well, right? Um, also, uh, just on the marketing side and like marketing, you know, kids that are, I say kids, but, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, looking at marketing analytics because they actually care about this stuff and understand it. And they want to understand their engagement and their social reach and what plays well, what does not. Right. Um, and so there is a lot of opportunity for those folks that are in marketing to work with these kids to do that. Um, uh, even just in terms of there's cottage industries popping up that will build PCs for you. Right. Rather than going to Best Buy and buying something off the shelf, now you can pick, you know, all the individual things that you want or work with them to consult. They'll consult with you and you tell them what games you, you play and what frame rates you want and and uh, stuff like that. Right. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, that's kind of a big deal because big streamers, most of them run a two PC setup. They actually have one PC they play on. And then they stream through another PC that will take all the load for the production stuff, right? So wow. there's a huge industry for it. Yeah, yeah. And especially like if you've got a sponsorship or an affiliate deal, I mean, you're getting it at cost anyway. So you want your stream to look amazing and um, they're upgrading every two, three years uh, easy with like just the best stuff you can get. So um there's a lot of opportunity there, especially for enterprising folks uh, that are in the space that are passionate about it. Um, I mean, there's one guy, in a, for example, um, 
I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but shout out Power GPU. You know, he started his business last year, and in his first year, he had over a million dollars in revenue in his first year. Wow. And he does. And what all was he putting together for he, people? He does PC builds and consulting, and he even has a guy on staff that will do, that will like log in remotely and help you get it all set up for stream with the specific encoding settings and all that kind of stuff. He'll get everything set up just right for you. Um, and, and has incredibly good uh, customer service. He's just a really all around good dude, but, but he's just, I mean, what he's, he started in January of 19, right? Over a million dollars in the first year. And this year he's already on target to grow by like 30, 40%. Wow. I mean, it's like, he's killing it. And, the, and then there's tons of stories of people doing stuff like this in and around the industry. Uh, and it's only going to get, it's only going to get bigger. I mean, we talked a little bit the other day about casting, like sports casting and how important that is for sports, for viewership, right? Um, you know, you guys have talked about it with football and some of the guys that they've picked up for casting that are just able to offer amazing insight and analysis because they've been there. They played the game, right? Uh, and they also have a mind and, and, and a personality for it. It's the same thing here you know, with casting, you know, there's so much happening in a video game that the person watching it ha doesn't understand at all. And the casters are able to provide all that insight just straight live in the moment. So, yeah, I mean, tons that of stuff. a whole different world to color commentary. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like there's so much opportunity around this. It's just about finding your niche at this point and, and what you can do well and what you can own. Um, and there's a lot of people like, taking advantage of it because it's it's growing, it's growing big time. It's a, it, obviously everybody's flatlining at this current point in 2020, but in the last few years, I mean, it's like, gosh, I mean, I, I don't remember the exact statistics, but I, I want to say we've like we're like 10x in the last five years or something like that. Uh, maybe don't quote me on that. I could be mistaken. But there's some people saying that gaming in general will be, will be the largest industry in the U.S., period, uh, by 2023. That's not surprising to hear. In okay, fact, and we talked about this because – sorry to interrupt. You, did you have a number, David? No, I was just going to say just a quick stat that universities are really noticing how much this is expanding and growing, that there are now degrees popping up at colleges almost monthly to manage esports and to grow esports. Mm -hmm. So. They're catching on and seeing it's a growing big field. Absolutely. Well, and honestly, when we were all in college, because we're all right around the same age, um, I think it was like right toward the end of our time, they had just really, I think it was Robert Morris was the first one to come up with a scholarship for their gaming team. I think it was Halo-based. I mean, we're talking like 08 time frame, 09 maybe, somewhere in there. But that's a big thing. Okay, so Aver, you and I had talked a while back, and we were talking about uh, like the numbers for, I think, what the industry was. I think you said it was what, like within a, maybe a couple billion dollars of revenue right now, uh, two year, a year ago, something like that. that uh, right? Specifically for esports or for the gaming industry, industry as a whole? industry as no, a whole. they're saying the gaming industry as a whole is estimated by 2023 to be like 180 or 190 billion dollars and the biggest industry in the u.s period now that includes everything soup and nuts right like that's the game developers the pc develop, like everything twitch you know all the other streaming platforms which you didn't even talk about like mixer right um that it, you know youtube gaming uh, all the content creators that create gaming content for YouTube that don't stream, uh, Facebook gaming, like that's that's all inclusive of it all, right? But still, to be the biggest industry in the U.S. again might not happen, but that's what they're forecasting. That's a lot of opportunity. It is wow, and you know, kind of speaking of which, for folks, and you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong. I know there was a point a ways back as we were talking about uh, subscriptions into people, and we were talking about. Uh, you know, all the different things that different channels will provide as a subscriber or to the subscribers. Um, is it still true that 
if you have Amazon Prime, that comes with a free monthly subscription to that you can put on to somebody. Yeah, on Twitch. yeah. So it's kind. Of, I'm laughing because it's kind of a joke. Um, it's become a joke on Twitch. Like <laughs> you know, like whatever we're you know, if I hang out in somebody else's stream and I'm talking to them uh, on voice chat or something, you know, I'll, I'll be like, hey, uh, so and so's chat. Do you know about Amazon Prime? You know what I'm saying? And Twitch Prime and linking your account. We have the free. Like we just, it, it, it's become kind of a big joke. So uh, forgive me for laughing, but but yes, that is how it works. Um, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can link it to your Twitch, uh, and and it'll become quote unquote Twitch Prime, which will give you a free sub once a month that you can hand to whoever you choose. Um, and so you can support someone that you like watching, and it won't. I mean, it tech, you technically are paying for it because you're paying for Amazon Prime. But my point is it doesn't cost you anything extra to do it um, once a month. But, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here laughing because all I could think about when you said that was, um, was it Kevin Hart? Take three days to, you know, deliver the from my from savings to my checking. Yeah. Checkings. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would, but, you know, I don't know the way my bank account is set up, the thing is. Set up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy. Okay, so there's a lot of new professions that are coming along with this. Uh, what about, uh, you know, okay, so I, I mentioned Dale Earnhardt Jr. a little bit earlier because I think they even had something the other day with him where they said, you know, if you go back and tell your old man, if he was still alive or had a minute to talk to him about what you're doing now, what would you say? And he basically said, told you so. You know, I mean, it's – there are some guys that are really catching on with this. So, uh, you know, I think you and I had talked about Tony or I'm sorry, Kenny Vaccaro from the Titans being not only a professional athlete, but he's also a professional gamer and kind of starting a team of his own. Yeah. So he just started G one, which is called gamers first. That's what it, that's what it stands for. Um, but it's G one and they had, they actually started. So Kenny is a big uh, destiny two fan. Which again, for those of you who don't know, um, Destiny Two is is a shooter, but it has a lot of kind of role playing game elements in terms of like stats, abilities, alongside it being a shooter. And there is a lot of uh, story driven content where you're playing according to a narrative. But there's a very uh, there's a small but tightly knit and strong PvP community in that game as well. Uh, and those, when I talked earlier about people scrimming and just playing really high, it's, it's something that we call sweats. When you're playing sweats, that's when, like, you're getting sweaty, right? Like, you have to play, like, your absolute hardest. You're not just chilling and quick play, <laughs> slam some noobs. This is, like, sweat games. This is sweaty games, right? So, um, but they'll occasionally go and jump into private games and play sweats against each other, and they use that to organize kind of a grassroots tournament of sorts, bracket style in teams of uh, a three, like three V three. So um, G one uh, basically are some guys, the, the whole team is made up of guys that have been playing destiny for a really, really long time. In fact, some of them um, were halo pros before they started playing destiny when it came out. And then they played for a team uh, a team called Soar, and I am not aware of all the details, but that the Destiny Two roster from Soar they left, and Kenny said, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna start my own team." So he started G1 and picked them all up. Picked up, well, I don't know if it was every single one of them, but most of their roster he picked up for his own team, and it's been really really cool to see how that's developing, um, especially because. In that game in particular, a new mode just came out, which plays heavily into the content creation and streaming on the weekends and all that kind of stuff. It's a PvP event that's only on the weekends. And when I say PvP, that's player versus player. For some of you guys that, that aren't aware, that's when you play against other human beings competitively. Um, and so, yeah, it's just exciting to see that, the crossover. This guy plays for the Titans, and he's still a gamer, and he's out here helping make making some gamers dreams come true, which is really, really cool to see. Right. Um, so. Right. And he's not afraid of yeah. it, you know, with yeah. all the stuff that, that these professional athletes can get on board and really use um, their image that's out there every weekend, uh, you know, as a professional that kids are really following behind going back to what, you know, kids may not want to be professional players and athletes anymore maybe now it's more about being a professional gamer or some kind of grouping that comes with that 
uh, as this opens up whole new avenues of, of business. Um, but you and I looked at Trevor May, right? And his mm-hmm. setup. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that has a moment, look up Trevor May, who's a professional pitcher. Uh, in the for MLB. the Twins, I believe. And right. And we found a picture as Aver and I were talking about some of this stuff. And he, Aver starts walking me through like he's got this and this and this and this and this. And I'm just sitting here with my jaw on the ground. Do you want to tell them a little bit about what his setup looks yeah, like? Yeah. So this is like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that um, it gets a little bit into production and not so much the, the sports and competitive aspect, but still kind of speaks to what we were talking about, all the things they're juggling in order to do this successfully. Right. But he's got a, he's got three monitors. Number one. Um, he's got a gaming monitor right in front of him. He's got a TV on the right for when he plays on console. And then the monitor to his left is actually um, for like Twitch chat. And stuff, so you can see what people are saying to them. And I'm sure that he also uses it to, to look at things on the internet or, you know, in between look stuff up, whatever the case may be. Um, it is a two PC setup because he has two keyboards. He has to drive both of them, right? He has a mic that's an XLR mic, which, XLR is the three pins, like professional grades, which you would use to like sing a concert. Mm-hmm. Those cables you plug into those microphones, it's an XLR mic um, into a mini sound console so he can run his own sound live, right? And he has to drive two mice for those two computers at the same time. And he's doing all of this on the fly. And still, he's doing all of it. So so you're saying when he's going to pitch for the Twins, that's kind of the easy. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure his workout is, is I'm sure his workout is no joke, right? I'm sure he's still out there practicing, and I'm sure the pressure is real, you know, um, when he has to get out there and yeah. pitch, you know, a clean game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I guess my point was earlier saying all that, it, these guys are juggling a lot and they're doing a lot, especially if they do it, you know, Twitch chat and the internet is undefeated. Let me tell you that right now. And if they don't like you and you're not entertaining, they're savage. They won't listen to you. They won't watch you. They won't support you. And it's not like anybody's just trying to be mean. They're not trying to, they're just not interested. And so, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you to do those things and be entertaining and be funny and stay, uh, not have dead space. You know what I'm saying? There's all this pressure to do all that stuff. And that's part of the reason why they started doing all these things. Um, you'll even see something called a stream deck, which is basically a macro pad of buttons. Um, and they all are macroed to do various functions on the computer. So like you can press one, it'll play a sound clip, do a scene transition, change the lighting on the wall, like all this kind of stuff that it will do. But still he has to develop them. Like he has to come up with the action list of what they do and know what they do. And so he's being his own producer, his own director, his own creative director, his own, like he's, he's being the actual celebrity, the content creator himself. You know, he's doing all these things at the same time. So he's James bonding the, uh, and it's not just him. I mean, again, a lot of these guys do it that way. A lot of them. So it's a lot of respect. Well, where you threw out earlier was grassroots. So let's move over a little bit, talk about grassroots versus corporate, you know, two very different sides. Sure. Right here. Um, so, so esports mm-hmm. has definitely grown a lot. How did these tournaments kind of come about where, you know, big money from corporate sponsors compared to just grassroots from. So I think, you know, a lot of it was, I mean, if we want to take it way back, I mean, this is like, Fighting games are a good example, right? But you go to the arcade with your friend, or you happen to be standing in line waiting for pizza with your with with your with your best friend, and your parents are with you, and there's the you know Street Fighter console in there or whatever, and you go, okay, who's got a quarter? Let's see who's going to beat who, right? So there's this inherent you know human <laughs> desire to be competitive, you know, uh, and as consoles uh-huh. kind of came about. Um, again, we're using this as an example, but it, it, it really is applicable across the board. Um, you know, it's just you want to see who's good. And so part of the, um, you know, fighting game community, one of one of my viewers, really close friend of mine, um, is very involved in the fighting game community in, in a particular game. But, I mean, it, it's a good example. They have local tournaments. And those locals, they actually have weeklies. And it's friendly tournament kind of stuff where you don't pay any money. You're just there to play attorney and 
amongst your seven, eight, nine friends and see who's the best that week, you know? Exactly. And then you might have some money matches on the side for like $5 and stuff like that. Of course, they're going to do some stuff like that. Right. Um, But then that'll spin into like, maybe you have a bigger monthly where, you know, the three adjoining counties play each other. And then you might have a quarterly regional. And this is all, this is people that just love it. Right. And they're coordinating on Reddit, Twitter, um, platforms like discord, which discord is, it's basically works much like for those in the professional world, professional world is much like Slack where you can have like voice chat, text chat. It's all built into the same thing. Um, but gamers use it a lot. Um, but yeah, they'll coordinate through there. And some of these discord channels have 20, 30,000 people in them. You know what I'm saying? So there's some of them are very well moderated and have a lot of, uh, uh, technological support for coordinating this kind of stuff, but that's the grassroots way. And some of it's gotten really big. Um, Nintendo has a series of games called smash brothers, uh, which is a fighting game and it looks very cartoony and kiddish on the front end, but one of their installments melee, that is one of the most hardcore high skill cap, like down to the wire fighting games. It's, it's really compelling to watch. It's electrifying depending on who's playing. Some, some folks play really passive and I won't name any names, but anyway. Um, yeah, but my point is like there has ever, never been any corporate um, sponsorship for any of that. It's grassroots, but they just now it's been impacted by COVID, but they just announced a world tour with a quarter million dollars of prize winnings. Like, with a fully featured point system and different tiers of events and like all these kind of things. And it's completely community driven and organized, which is crazy. So the point is on the grassroots side, there's all different scale on the flip side, you know, corporate sponsorship, you know, I think that, you know, game developers started seeing, uh, the, again, taking it back to the arcade, who wants to be better, right? And seeing some of these guys set up this stuff on console and corporate realized, you know what? We could make this an actual thing. Like all of our fans would come to it. We could pitch our new next game coming out next year that we have in development. We could like turn it into a thing and we throw a little bit of money into it. And, and so obviously that started with some of the, um, like Halo tournaments, Mortal Kombat tournaments, what have you. Right. And that's continued even now. It's like Overwatch League. Um, or ESL. ESL is is uh, a big one for like Counter-Strike and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and that's a whole different level. I mean, these guys are showing up in actual four real jer- jerseys, you know, the teams are, uh, with alternate players, like backups. Like if they have someone who, like no joke, can't play for whatever reason, like they get sick or whatever the case may be, like they have backups, you know, and alternates on the teams. Wow. It's 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 as close as it could be to playing sports like football in a stadium, except you're playing a video game. Like that's what it is. Right. And so that's the difference. Um, and it, but it is interesting to see the growth of the grassroots movement and all these tools we have now that are being developed where there's some pretty big grassroots tournaments going on out there now. I mean, there were some people putting on a destiny Two or it wasn't Destiny 2, it was another shooter, putting on tournaments for, you know, like 25K. And it's completely grassroots. And you might do like a a buy-in, you know, and then split the winnings among the top three. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But but yeah, anyway, it's a pretty interesting thing. So Cool. Um, we are getting a little bit low on time, but just real quick, you mentioned Discord um, being a major communication. I mean, I've seen that all the way down to uh, games on your phone that could be turn-based or whatever you want, but there are communities that will use Discord. So uh, as you said, it can be very large groups, it can be very small groups, but how does something like that, as well as Reddit, because Reddit's everybody's kind of favorite place to go get information, how do those two kind of play together uh, inside of the communication? So they're kind of almost at this point very closely tied together but they each have their own specific use case right so discord obviously has got the voice chat the real-time chat uh, uh typing in text right and that's just a really big deal um from the standpoint of community building most streamers actually build their com- their own community 
have their own Discord server that people come to to coordinate to either play together, to play with the streamer himself, um, to talk about common topics of interest, whatever the case may be, right? Um, just like old school IRC chat, same kind of thing, right? Whereas Reddit is a great place to put like a bigger repository of information. Obviously there's still replies and people chat, but it's a longer time-based format versus just real time back and forth. Um, but it's just, it seems to just go hand in hand with what these guys do. Right. Whether you can, you can say, Oh, this character is super unbalanced and give a doctoral dissertation on every reason why. Right. Or, you know, the state of the game and then, 5,000 words or maybe not sometimes you just post memes and and it's funny right like sometimes it's just that but but they tend to go very hand in hand from that perspective that most people that are on discord and doing that thing that kind of thing with their respective communities are also on reddit for different reasons because reddit's obviously much bigger than gaming um but yeah so gotcha very cool um so, yeah, we're kind of toward the end of our time at this point. I mean, Aver, we can't thank you enough for spending some time with us and really giving us, uh, you know, some in-depth look at what's going on right now. And I think there's a lot more we could cover. So we'd love to have you back on to continue this conversation oh, yeah. another time. I, anytime. Here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I just I can get really passionate about this stuff because it's just something that I do and that I very much enjoy. Um, and I, I'm happy. I'm very unhappy with the things that are happening in the world right now but I am happy to see it get some spotlight, right? Um, the thing that I love. So um, I really do appreciate you guys having yeah. me on and I'd, I'd be happy to come back anytime. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening, again, if you have additional questions about anything that we've talked about, um, feel free to hit us up or, you know, go over to Aver's page. Um, let's see. So you have Twitch. Do you have yeah. any other? Twitch.tv backslash. Is it backslash or forward slash? I never remember. Forward slash I underscore am underscore Aver. That's A-V-E-R. Same thing on Twitter. Um, you can find me on either one. And I'm live on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 8 p.m. till whenever I feel like stopping Eastern time. Uh, and that's what we do. So come by, say hello. I'll be happy to uh, help you with whatever if you want a game. Sweet. So if you if anybody ever wants a connection on you know how all this stuff is going, if you have an interest in it, uh, great source of knowledge and information coming from Aver, we certainly appreciate him. Uh, check out his channel; he's uh, he's very entertained in what he does. He pays attention to what's going on. If you try to chat with him a little bit through text, so by all means, check it out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for that, and uh, we'll definitely chat with you soon and just so you know we did have his listeners he is streaming himself live right now um so we want to thank you for his crew that have stayed and listened and uh you know for any of you guys that were part of that if you ever have question as we bring ever back on we'd love to hear from you live that's kind of something new that we we love to kind of play with ourselves so anyway thanks for that buddy we'll uh we'll catch you again soon yep thanks matt david's good to good to talk to you again Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports-related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.